Invention, it must be humbly admitted, does not consist in creating out of a void, but out of chaos. So that quote is actually by Mary Shelley, who we kind of know from the author of Frankenstein, but it's almost 200 years old. And that's what I love about it, is that it could actually be even more true today than probably when she said it then, because I feel like our world is filled with chaos, with confusion, with stuff happening all around us. And when it comes to marketing, that's even exponentially true because there are new channels, new ways of communicating with people, new skills, new tools, things popping up left and right. And for some people that is scary as hell, but for those of us who like change and like chaos, we see that as an opportunity for invention and innovation. And that to me is what's exciting about being in the business today. I'm Lynn Power, I'm the CEO of J. Walter Thompson New York. Celebrating the lives, work, and achievements of women around the world. The Drum presents Exceptional Women of the World, hosted by The Drum's America's editor, Doug Zanger. Let's go to three questions. What do you think others believe your superpower is? And then what do you think your superpower is? And why is that? So I would say, speaking of chaos, other people <laughs> have told me, so I don't know, no, but they've told me that, sure. uh, that, that I can be a calm within a lot of chaos, that I'm very even keeled. I don't get flustered. I think one of my very first performance reviews, I was called unflappable. Um, That's not a bad thing to be called. It's not a bad thing to be called. It's not exactly the most aspirational thing, but it's not a bad thing. And I actually even kind of embrace that. But what I would say my superpower is, is I'm actually really decisive. And I find that these days, you just have to move on, right? Like no decision is worse than a bad decision. Because at least you can, you can make a bad decision and course correct and make another decision. And, but you're doing something. You're moving. Right. I would say that's what I'm actually pretty good at. Does this industry make no decisions too much? I mean, because it's, it's one of those things where sometimes we're paralyzed. I'm hearing a lot about people being like, we're paralyzed by fear and this and that and the other thing. But, and then we talk about failure. Conversely, it's like making bad decisions. Do we embrace that too much? I I don't know. I hate the word failure because like who wants to fail? So all the things like fail I'm, faster. I'm, you. I'm right. like, you know what? No, I don't want to fail faster. I want to learn. <laughs> right. I'm happy to learn. Right. Learning right. is good. But I do think, yeah, I think we are a bit indecisive because there's no real right answer. You know, it's like we are in an industry that's evolving so quickly that it's a little bit like, well, we could do this thing over here or this thing over here. It's, it's not as clear as it was. A lot maybe. of shiny things. Lots of shiny things to chase. So I, I just think, you know, you got to make some bets, though, right? Like, yeah. you just got to decide, like, okay, today, sometimes, sometimes today. You got, sometimes you got to put the green $25 chip down. Sometimes you got to put the black $100 chip. Yes. And know that it can change. Right. So it's not a bet you have to live with forever. See, I like that analogy. I like that we're getting a gambling analogy. I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's good. There's, there was room for product placement in there, and we missed that opportunity. Oh, you're right. MGM? MGM Grand? Um, yeah, there we sure. go. MGM we'll Grand. G- we'll give them a little, yes. shout- little Mohegan Sun shout out. Good. Yeah, I like MGM Grand, though. <laughs> I like MGM Grand. When are you at your very best, and why is that? I think it's actually pretty simple. Our business is about people, and when I'm surrounded by people that I trust and I respect, that's when things hum. That's when I think we can do our best work. And I am somebody who absolutely hates, and I mean that like hates. Uh, Virulent. Very, uh, d- yes. Uh, I-, I hate politics. I hate bullshit. I hate spending time on things that are not business related stuff where Mm -hmm. it's like you're just dealing with the crap. Mm -hmm. So 
when you get the team that you don't actually have to do that with because everybody kind of has each other's back and you don't have to wonder, is that person undermining me or am I going to have to go deal with this thing that this person said because they're pissed off about whatever. It just makes life so much easier. And see, I have my incredible PR team that is a good example. Over us like hawks right now. (laughs) They're like, yeah, they're, what are you going to (laughs) say? No, it's okay. I think we're good. So how do you manage that when it's, when it gets a little loose on that end? You know what? I am a firm believer in that there's no substitute for honesty, right? So when things are dicey or somebody's not doing a good job, you just have to tell them. Like, they want to know. People appreciate the feedback. You'd rather have an honest conversation with a client, with a colleague, with somebody who's struggling, whatever. I mean, that's just one example. If somebody is really doing something to undermine kind of, you know, the direction of the agency, just call it out. That whole, like, I... I see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's not okay kind of thing. Right. And I think very quickly people understand that that's just not how we want to operate. I think it also helps that I don't have an admin. Really? You know, it's funny that you, your expression is what most people are like, what? I'm dying for an admin. (laughs) I can give you my, my admin that I don't have. um, (laughs) I I think we would accept the admin that you don't have. (laughs) Exactly. No. And part of it was to, again, eliminate the sort of gatekeeper so that if somebody has something they want to talk to me about and it's important enough, they're going to go find me. Mm. If it's not that important and they just want to vent about something, chances are they're not going to put it on my calendar because they actually have to come talk to me about it. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> so I actually like that. Why do we overcomplicate our work? I think that's really simple. It's like we can because we can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like how long is a piece of string? You know, I think I love that quote, which I think is a Mark Twain quote, which is, you know, I didn't have time to write a short letter, so I wrote a long one instead. I kind of think that's our life a lot of times. It's a lot harder to simplify. It, it takes discipline. It takes decisions. We're not used to quiet moments either. We We're feel not. Like we have to fill our every waking minute with something. Yes. And I think on top of that, because there's so much chaos and clients disruption and all sorts of stuff going on, people have to justify you know, their, their being and their existence and their mm-hmm. value. And I think that does tend to want to create more pontification about things as opposed to just like, you know, sometimes the answer is really obvious yeah. and simple and it's really right. not that hard. You don't need to use 90 words when three You will don't, do. right. right. But yeah, I know. But that's, that's, I think, why people do it. Let's go on to the must list. What is a okay. must do? So I'm going to give you something that's kind of boring, but I've learned from my, other people so can benefit. This is boring, okay. by the way. Oh, thank I know you. what you're going to say. It's not boring. Okay. It's, it's, it's benefiting from my own experience. Sure. So no, that's fair. my must do is please take your vacation. Don't and try to be a hero. Don't try to be a martyr or a hero or be the person that works around the clock because honestly, I've been that person. There's no silver, gold medal. There's nothing. You just get screwed out of your vacation time. Right. right. So, and most places you can't carry it over, right? So I just have learned that it's actually beneficial for your mental health, for the people around you, Mm -hmm. that you do need to decompress. And this year, for the first time since I can remember, probably the last time I did it was when I got married. And that was a long time ago. I took two weeks off. And I was, which is short for most people. For us, that's like a year, right? I know. Well, for Americans, I, we're the worst at that. Because typically, I would take a week, and then it would be a week of checking email too. Like I, I'd be working. I did that this summer. I'm See, so bad. You shouldn't do that. It's bad because I didn't not do it really... in France. Okay, but you did it well because you were working in France. 
No, no, no. This was in August. Oh, in August. And okay. Cannes, as we were just saying earlier, Cannes is magical with that when the yes. Lions Festival is not going on, by yes. the way. So highly recommended as a vacation spot. I would love well, that. Well, I mean, I was in Glasgow where we're based, in London where we're based. So I sort of... So you those, tapped onto that. You were able to kind of like get I wanted your... To see, I wanted to see the team. I think that's fantastic. So I spent two weeks. I went to Italy. Ooh. We had an aggressive and fun... <laughs> aggressive vacation. Aggressive like vacation because we did five car museums... Wait, Five. what? Yeah. Okay. So we did a driving kind of thing around northern Italy. Wow. It was, it was un- because there's Ferraris in Marinello, Lamborghini. Right. Uh, there's Bugatti. Two, there's two Ferrari museums, actually, in Marinello. Okay. Um, is there's Bugatti up there, too? Bugatti's there. We didn't see that one. We, it's my son's favorite. Really? Yeah. It is a beautiful. He's eight. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Good to dream. Kid so anyway. Good job um, if he wants to afford I, one. <laughs> I made sure. I actually put it on all of our status reports in like January because I said to everybody like like I am out don't even try to but the good thing and this is what I was hoping would happen is I think there is a little bit of lead by example because now everyone else on the team good is like feels permission to take their time off and I'm trying to encourage people to do it because I don't want to end up the year with like people taking you know I still have three weeks and it's December and I'm like no Take it. So that was a very long-winded answer, but that's my must-do. No, and I popped in being yeah. boorish myself. So I, it's the Bugatti thing. The Bugatti thing is uh, fun. My son would have just been a very impressed if you had seen So what, what got your son interested in Italian cars? Uh, I'm half Italian. Really? And for some reason, he landed on that. It's, it's a good passion to have. Yeah. He's eight. I know. So. But you know what? I, I have to say my son, who's now 16, when he was two, I could have put him on the Jay Leno show because he could identify any make and model of any car yeah. by the wheels. That's it was a, like a, a stupid human trick. That's well, that's gift. actually Letterman, right? But anyway. Letterman's um, better than Leno anyway. But Leno likes cars. So yeah. there was that whole thing. So I was like, he was this like crazy savant, like car genius. And when savant. he was like two, and now he's 16 and he still loves cars. That's cool. So... I'm not sure. Yeah, you say he's eight. It may keep that passion. Hope he likes the Honda Accord. Around. He's going to be, be driving when he's, around he's, in the He's going to be inheriting when he <laughs> yeah. turns driving age. I got Let's you. go on with the must list. We, we veered a little bit. Oh, yeah, but, sorry. But some, sometimes ambling along a path on, sorry, on yes. tread is okay. I will, I will What's be a must better. experience? Okay, this is kind of a, a, a cheat answer because I'm not going to give you one thing. <laughs> but it's, um, sorry. Okay. But it's anything out of your comfort zone, I think, is a good must experience. And I will give you my own personal. The speci- specificity might be nice. Here. Yes. I am pointing to my wrist right now, which okay. I have a splint on, mm-hmm. because over Labor Day weekend, I was in Dominica, and we, my husband and I decided to hike up a mountain. Mm-hmm. Now, when I came back from, uh, and I fell down the mountain, hence the... There go. So when I came back, um, everyone in the office was like, you don't hike. And I was like, no shit, I, I don't hike. That's <laughs> why I have this That's the beauty splint. of it. But despite the fact that I kind of screwed up, I fractured my wrist, you know what? It was a really, it was an interesting experience. It was definitely out of my comfort zone. It was seeing like the jungle, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, that I wouldn't have otherwise seen. Right. I was connecting with nature, I suppose, no, even the, though yeah. I was face down in the mud. You're getting much closer to nature. I was getting very close. <laughs> Extraordinarily very, very close, close to nature, to nature. right? It was right. amazing. <laughs> but I don't, I don't regret doing it because I think if right. I hadn't done it, I would have kind of thought, oh, you know, I really I just wish, went on a walk. I really wish I would have walked up the mountain. Fair point. That's my That's story. a good one. What's a must read? I read Stephen King's Night Shift when I was 12, back in 1979. Interesting. It had just, it was, 
I think it was published in 1978, okay? So it was like a new book. And it was, for me, like totally opened up my imagination. I was like, oh my God, reading can be amazing. So I am a voracious reader. I read I read at least three books at any given time at the same time. I have okay. multiple books going on. Okay. Because I usually have one that's a little more sort of businessy and I'll have a good fictiony and I'll have a good like detective book. I always have like multiple. But the reason I'm bringing up this book is because I have a 14-year-old daughter. She's now getting into reading. And last year I said to her, you got to read Stephen King Night Shift. And she read it and it was just like when I read it. It's, you know, so many years later, and she had that same, holy shit, this is amazing. How much can I read of Stephen King? I'm like, oh, he's written a lot. Don't worry. He's he's written more than one. He's written more than one. You can, so now she's, she's literally like. Amazing. Just burning through like every book he's written and she's just loved it. So that's why I think, you know, any book that kind of gets you. Spark. Yeah. Yeah. Gets you kind of motivated is good. And it's interesting because I think you're right. If you pick one author. And especially if you evangelize that to other, like whether it's family, friends, or colleagues, you kind of turn them on to something. Because the business books are fine, right? I mean, they're Malcolm more Gladwell, must reads, right? Nah, right, you know, yeah. I, but good, you know, good to read. Yeah. But it's when you get outside of that, that's kind of interesting. I'm like in the milieu of Icelandic crime novels right now. Oh, I've read most of those. It's ridiculous. Like the pacing is so slow, the but it's enjo- is so slow. But, but, I still but that's like what's them. enjoyable about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm reading a Swedish crime no- novel right now. Okay. But anyway, we'll we can have a whole we'll conversation about that. What's a must learn? I think a must learn, especially these days, if our theme is chaos, is actually to enjoy the silence and to become mm-hmm. a really good listener. I'm just sitting here listening. I was going to have an awkward silence as a proof to that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think there is value in eliminating a little noise sometimes. It's just... Stop here for a second. Yes. People pause. soak it in. I'll just whisper quiet. <laughs> Very quiet. It okay. feels a little awkward, right. but then it feels actually well, kind of like nice. especially here in New York. Yeah. Especially here in New York. And I also think listening is an undervalued skill. Mm-hmm. But it's important. I learned, for, uh, so a, a really good friend of mine in a previous role, I, w- I mean, I was in radio for a long time, so it's, you know, you have to fill the air with that, and you have to, you know, it's like sort of that. And we were on a meeting call once, and he said, I really appreciated and was surprised pleasantly by your restraint. Huh. By letting, because I think restraint is the key word here, because yeah. that's the thing about listening is it takes a discipline of restraint, because it's very easy to be like, I, I really want to say something, but... I learned from that moment, and, and I have like the deepest respect for, for this guy, um, you know, this friend of mine. And from that point on, I made it a point mm. to really consciously and with purpose to, to just listen as much as I can. Because what am I adding to the conversation other than a layer of sugar if it's not tangible or you know, makes sense? I'll have my opinions, but it was a great thing to learn. It's absolutely a great thing to learn. That's interesting. You know, the, the other thing I can't stand is when people, you can tell, people are already answering or yeah. have their comment before you've even finished what you're saying. It's like yep. they're just like so antsy to right. get their point out there. And it's like, just, just slow your wait roll. a minute. Slow like, your roll. Uh, what's a question you've never been asked before that you would love someone to ask you? And what would the answer be? And I like that you flipped the script on this one. Yeah, because I, I'm kind of an open book, so people ask me anything. <laughs> but there's a question I get asked a sh- 
ton. I was going to say shitload, but I, okay. There, there's can. a question I get asked a lot that I actually wish I wasn't asked as much, right, which whatever. is how do I manage my work-life balance? It's work-life balance. Work-life balance. And the reason I get why people are curious. True. But the reason that I don't like answering it for two things. One is because there's no magic bullet. There's no right answer. I right. mean, what works for me may not work for anyone else. And it's always evolving. Like my kids are now teenagers. They need different things than they did when they're little. You right. know what I mean? So you're always kind of just figuring out what works for you and you're doing it. But the other thing that I don't like about that question is like, would anyone ask a guy that? I've been asked it, but I'm we, I'm like, diff- I, I guess people perceive me as different. But hmm. you're right. No, you're, you're right. I just feel like my husband never gets that question. Nobody says, like, how do you manage it all? <laughs> well, I think part of it is people know I work from home. So ah, I think so that's... So you get a little bit of the home thing going on. Yeah. But anyway. It sort of blows the mystique of the drum. It's that I work from home. Just don't say it. Don't no, tell people. I'm sorry. I work from the Portland office. Yes, that's that's right. <laughs> which happens to be which... a bedroom in my house. <laughs> No, that, that is interesting. And it is annoying. I can, I can totally understand why that's annoying. So I just wish people would just kind of get on with it, figure out what works. I think we're very quick to one size fits all that one. One yes. size fits all that one. So you're right. Just anyway. Get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> Every guest on the show gets a chance to talk about whatever they'd like for a minute or two. Without further ado, floor is yours. So I think it's fair to say that advertising is going through a pretty aggressive resetting right now. I don't think anyone in the industry would probably argue with that point. There's a lot of change happening. There's a lot of disruption happening. There's a lot of transformation. There's lots of stuff happening on the client side. But I guess what I'd like to just sort of appeal to my industry peers is don't run away from it. Don't be defensive about it actually lean into it because our industry is important and we are at a critical moment and we need creativity. I mean, we need creativity in our, in our children. We can actually be really important in how the world moves forward. But when we are reactionary and, you know, defensive and we kind of just get annoyed (laughs) that the world is moving on, that's not going to help anyone. So for us to be a real, an industry that people want to be part of, that people are inspired by, we have to embrace the change. So that's my parting thought. Embrace the change. We wrap up the show with one last piece of advice or wisdom. What would be your final word? So I will share something that I was actually talking with um, somebody who works for me last week about. And I was basically saying to her, and she's awesome. She's one of my top people. I was saying to her, you're the expert. You, you have to start thinking about yourself as you are the expert. You know, don't keep looking over your shoulder to have somebody else like figure stuff out. And I find what happens to a lot of people in our business, there's this critical moment in your career where you go from being a really good orchestrator and project manager of things to needing to be the person in the room that actually is directing and providing some thought leadership. And sometimes it's a really hard transition for people to make. The beauty, though, of the world today is that you don't have to be my age. Our age. (laughs) Our age, thank you. (laughs) To be an expert, you can get incredible experience by being more of a digital native and by doing things and learning things in a different way. So what I've tried to counsel people on is like, just know that in this world of chaos, going back to that theme, with lots of different viewpoints and lots of opinions, your opinion is just as valid as anybody else's. And you are the expert. 
So stop looking around the room for somebody else to, to do that role. Just own it and start putting it out there. And then you'll realize people will listen to you because you are, you are operating that way. Yeah, I was told by many people that you and I would enjoy our conversation. So I yes. would say emphatically that is correct. Good. So Do I get a for, hug? We'll get a hug afterwards. We have <laughs> microphones in our hands. But okay. thank you so much for taking the time. Joining us, thank you for hosting us here at uh, J. Walter Thompson in New York. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs>